Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Of almost all of the natural processes that we in the botanical style aquarium movement embrace, the process of decomposition is pretty much the foundational one that impacts our systems. Decomposition, to refresh your memory, is the process by which organic materials are broken down into more simple organic matter. For our purposes, we're primarily interested in the breakdown of plant matter, i.e. botanicals and leaves. It is in part responsible for some of the unique habitats that we love so much, and an inspiration for some unique aquariums with previously underappreciated or even unappreciated aesthetics. When leaves enter tropical streams and other bodies of water, fungal colonization causes leaves to increase the nitrogen content of the water because of fungal biomass, and the process of leaf maceration begins. This is considered by aquatic ecologists to be evidence of microbial colonization. Now, there's many different stages in the process, starting with the leaching of materials from the cells of the botanicals during the initial submersion, in which soluble carbon compounds are liberated in the process. A rapid release of phosphorus also accompanies this leaching. Of course, the process ultimately leads to the physical breakdown and or fragmentation of the leaves and the botanicals into smaller pieces, which possess larger amounts of surface area for microbial attachment. Extensive ecological studies done by scientists specifically in regards to leaf litter have yielded a lot of information about this process. The fungi known as aquatic hypomocytes produce enzymes which cause leaf maceration and in as little as two to three weeks as much as 15% of the decomposing leaf biomass in many aquatic habitats is actually processed by fungi according to one study I found. Now Fungi tend to colonize wood and botanical materials because they offer them a lot of surface area to thrive and live out their life cycle. And cellulose, hemocellulose, and lignin, the major components of wood and botanical materials, are degraded by fungi, which possess enzymes that can digest these materials. Fungi are regarded by biologists to be the dominant organisms associated with decaying leaves and streams, so this gives you some idea as to why we see them in our aquariums as well, right? Now. In our aquarium work, we see fungal colonization in wood and leaves all the time. Most hobbyists will lock in, you know, look in, on in like just sheer horror if they saw this extensive amount of fungal growth on their carefully selected, artistically arranged wood and, you know, botanical pieces. Yet, it's one of the most common, elegant, and beneficial processes that occurs in nature. Of course, fungal colonization of wood and botanicals is but one stage of a long process which occurs in nature and in our aquariums. Of course, as hobbyists, once we see those first signs of this stuff, the majority of us tend to run, you know, for the algae scraper, you know, to brush and remove as much of it off those things as possible, like immediately. And of course, this provides some aesthetic relief for some period of time, but it comes right back because these materials will provide a continuous source of food and colonization sites for fungal growth. And the idea of circumventing this stuff is appealing to many, but the reality is that once you've actually done this, you're interrupting the process. Now, nature abhors a vacuum, and new growth will return to fill the void, thus prolonging the process. 
Although decomposition is a continuous process taking place over long periods of time, studies carried out by aquatic ecologists in the forests of Venezuela demonstrated that decomposition rates were really fast, with 50% of leaf mass lost in streams occurring in less than 10 days. That's really quick. The ultimate result is the transformation of what ecologists call coarse particulate organic matter, CPOM, into fine particulate organic matter, FPOM. These are really great acronyms, right? <laughs> which may constitute an important food source for other organisms that we call deposit feeders, which are aquatic animals that feed on small pieces of organic matter that have drifted down through the water and settled onto the substrate. And then filter feeders, which are animals that feed by straining suspended organic matter and small food particles directly from the water column. And yeah, insect larvae, fishes, and shrimp help with this process by grazing or feeding directly upon the decomposing botanical materials. We talked about this quite recently. So-called shredder invertebrates, shrimps and so forth, are also involved in the physical aspects of leaf litter breakdown. There's a lot of supplemental food production that goes on in leaf litter beds and you know, other aggregations of decomposing botanical materials. It's yet another reason why we feel that aquariums fostering significant beds of leaves and botanicals offer many advantages to the fishes that reside in them. I've personally experienced this time and again, I've shared this with you a number of times, by setting up botanical style systems for the express purpose of providing supplemental food for the resident fishes. I've done this with adult fishes and I've actually reared fry uh, to maturity as well. Well, nature did most of the work, but I did that by just setting them up in heavily botanical stocked systems with no or little supplemental feeding. The fishes feed on the fungal growths and biofilms and so forth, as well as the organisms which are associated with them, just like they do in nature. The biggest allies we have in the process of decomposition of our botanicals in the aquarium are microbes, bacteria, fungi, and protozoa specifically. Ecologists will tell you that during the early decay phase of botanicals and leaves, the leaching of water-soluble substances plays a key role in the loss of the physical mass of these materials. In other words, they get smaller because, you know, some of this water-soluble stuff gets leached into the water column. Makes sense. Now, alteration of the botanicals is done chemically by this microbial action, and ultimately the components of the botanicals and leaves, lignans, cellulose, etc., are broken down near completely. In aquatic environments, photosynthetic production of oxygen ceases in plants, and organic matter and nutrients are released back into the aquatic environment. All of these organisms work together, in essence supporting each other via the processes that they engage in. So it's a community that works together. Fungal colonization facilitates the access of invertebrates to the energy trapped in deciduous leaves and other botanical materials found in tropical streams. Bacteria and fungi that decompose decaying plant material in turn consume dissolved oxygen for respiration during the process. Support. Of course, if you intervene by removing stuff or more commonly by adding too much stuff in too short a period of time, bad things can happen as we know. This is why adding too much botanical material too rapidly to an you know, aquarium that's not you know, necessarily well-established can create problems for the fishes. A rapid decrease in dissolved oxygen in a small body of water can be disastrous, or at the very least, leave fishes gasping at the surface. And of course, that's why we tell you to deploy massive amounts of patience and to go slowly when adding botanicals to an established aquarium as well. And as we discussed the other day, the processes of decomposition and utilization of dissolved organic carbon from botanical materials keep the water quality high, even in closed aquariums with a ton of botanical materials breaking down. It's thought by ecologists that dissolved organic carbon is used as a substrate for microbial growth, thus lowering the concentration of dissolved organic carbon in the water and transferring energy from decomposing leaves 
and other materials to other trophic levels. And again, uh, trophic levels are described as hierarchical levels in an ecosystem comprising organisms that share the same function in the food chain and the same nutritional relationship to the primary sources of energy. So you see, there's a whole lot going on in our systems. Now, one of the things I've played with recently and over the years, but I've done it again, is the idea of curing wood directly in the aquarium. And the process of curing is a curious one because basically with most aquariums, what you're trying to do is if you ask 10 people, you'll get 10 different answers. Some say the idea of curing is to leach out all the tannins so the water doesn't discolor. That doesn't concern us. Others will say, well, I want the damn piece of wood to sink. Nah, that makes sense. Still others want to get through that, that massive release of biofilm and dirt and, and fungal growth. And that's where I kind of question this. Because the idea of curing the wood directly in the aquarium as opposed to doing it in a separate container is interesting because it could help kickstart a sort of productive environment. Now, I can't say this would be everybody's cup of tea as it creates a very disturbing look for most people. Now, aesthetics aside, I personally don't see a problem with breaking in a new fishless aquarium by curing the wood and materials in situ. You just need to be super patient. You need to wait until the fungal growths peak and subside substantially. You need to keep your hands off and just wait. So what advantage would such a practice bring? Well, for one thing, you'd have a well-established cycle of microbial colonization, biological succession, breakdown, and ultimately decomposition before the fishes are ever present in the water. And again, when you think about it, with all this this carbon uh, sources and, and dissolved organic compounds being removed from the water column by the organisms in the food chain, you're creating a functional ecosystem right off the bat. You just have to look at the process as the beginning of a long, continuous journey. One that can take your aquarium to all sorts of amazing places if you're incredibly patient, diligent, make the effort to understand what's happening. You need to have faith, faith in process, faith in your own skills and patience, faith in nature and process. It's all about how natural materials that we play with fuel the process of establishing, growing, and maintaining a closed ecosystem in our aquaria. Knowing that the turbid biofilm and fungal growth filled aquarium that you've recently set up will evolve over time to a rich, diverse, biologically stable microcosm. I think it's sort of an exciting frontier. The idea of throwing it all together and letting nature sort it out is not some sign of laziness. It's not some crazy alternative approach either. It's a slightly different take on what hobbyists have been doing for generations. The reality is that it's a simple way to create a very dynamic ecosystem by empowering these organisms to do their job taking a longer, less aesthetically conventional road, an approach that can unlock so many secrets of nature to so many hobbyists. And it's really as much a mental shift as it is anything else, like so much of what we do with botanical-style aquariums. The willingness of us to really look at nature is more than just an inspiration for making cool-looking aquariums. Rather, it's an approach which understands that our biological processes are super important to learn and that botanical style aquariums require us to step back and observe what happens in the wild aquatic habitats. And then there's that realization that the same processes occur in our aquariums. So we have to educate ourselves a bit. And understanding that intervening and editing the process by removing so-called undesirable life forms is actually interfering with the development of a dynamic ecosystem. Please consider this approach. Again, I know it's not for everybody because it could be many weeks or even months before you feel like the aquarium is suitable for fishes. And the reality is if you do your water testing, looks can be deceiving. You're not going to see ammonia and nitrite necessarily uh, in these systems, but you're going to see a lot of ugly things aesthetically or ugly in the conventional sense. And I think it's a matter of getting out of our headspace and realizing that 
what we consider ugly is really beautiful. And it's really, again, part of a process of nature sorting things out and establishing an order. And we can all do this. We all have done this. Have you ever had a tank that you just set up and for whatever reason, it just wasn't coming away the way you wanted and you just left it alone for months or weeks or whatever. And then you came back to it and you realized, hey, it doesn't look half bad. Because what the reality is the initial burst of huge amounts of biofilms and fungal growths and all that stuff that covers and smothers your botanicals and, uh, and wood almost always subsides over time. There's always going to be some in these systems. There's always going to be some fungal growth, some botanical, uh, some uh, biofilm on your botanicals. It's because there's so much of it, but you're not going to see that huge furry, um, you know, covering that you're seeing in the initial period of time. Eventually the food sources are exhausted or at least return to levels that are manageable. They return to uh, a presence that's tolerable for most people's aesthetics, but it's all about patience. It's about waiting it out. It's about thinking it through. So consider this approach, you know, embrace the process of letting, of letting nature do what she does with the organisms, which is, you know, have evolved over eons to take advantage of the resources that are available to them. Understand how botanicals and wood fuel this process. Stay diligent, stay patient, stay observant, stay engaged, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tin.